Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. KYW Original Podcasts. All right, Merrill Reese, it is a quick week. The Eagles are going to be back at practice today. It's a Wednesday, but because it's a quick week, Doug Peterson held his day after press conference yesterday after the loss to Seattle. Uh, what were some of the uh, difficult questions that Doug Peterson had to take yesterday and answer? Boy, he had a whole slew of difficult questions yesterday. He was asked about play calling. Would he consider giving up a play calling? He said he'd consider anything that uh, he's assessing every aspect of what goes on. And uh, that's something he may decide to do. He'll do anything it takes to get this team going in the right direction and create a spark. So that's kind of out there right now to watch and see what happens. But he did say that he considers it. He was also asked, and it's a pretty tough question to ask a coach if he worries about his job, about the fact that his job could be in jeopardy. And Doug said that it's a performance-based business. He knows that, but it's not something that goes through his mind. All he's doing right now is getting back to work and worrying about playing well and beating the Green Bay Packers. That's all he can do. He also did say that these most of the personnel decisions are up to him. He was asked about changing quarterbacks. He said that's on him. He said what he does on game day is up to him. He was very, very strong about that. He did say that he meets with Jeffrey Lurie every week. They discuss everything. He was asked if the, if the front office takes any viability for the problems that the team, the team is having. And he said, listen, this is something, this is something uh, I can't discuss. So you'd have to talk to them. But it's not up for me to discuss uh, who the blame goes to. Right. Yes. He said it was a private matter that he, he didn't really want to get into. Merrill, later on yesterday, after Doug spoke, the Eagles made a couple of moves. They waived Will Parks, safety Will Parks, who they signed in the offseason, dealt with an injury in the beginning of the season, uh, and then his, his playing time fluctuated. And they also uh, released defensive end Sharif Miller, who was on the practice squad, who was a fourth-round draft pick in 2019. What was your reaction to these moves? Well, you're never surprised when a team is 3-7-1 and one, what personnel moves are coming. And Will Parks is a guy, as you pointed out, was a free agent, a native Philadelphian, mm -hmm. and they had hoped for him to become a, 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 an impact player at least. And Sharif Miller has not done well since he arrived here as a fourth-round draft choice a year ago from Penn State. Uh, again, another part of a non-productive draft. Uh, the first pick that year was... Andre Dillard, of course, you can't totally evaluate him yet. Mm -hmm. He struggled last year as a rookie, but this year uh, he was injured in training camp and has been out for the whole season. 
Uh, Sharif Miller was a fourth-round pick, uh, a local guy out of Penn State, and last year he really couldn't get on the field. This year he was on the practice squad, so basically they're telling you that his pick just didn't work out. Merrill, before we get to Eagles-Packers history, because it's a Wednesday, I, I, I kind of forgot it was a Wednesday. I started preparing for this segment, and then I realized, oh, it's Wednesday. I got to look back at the history. But before we get into that, I'm curious for your thoughts on this, because it was something that you alluded to on the broadcast the other night with Mike, when the Eagles' defense was having to make these huge fourth down stops in the beginning of the game. And you alluded to the fact how if there was a full house, if we weren't in a pandemic and there was a packed crowd, uh, they would have been going crazy and there would have been all this noise and all this momentum in the Eagles favor when they made these stops so the Eagles have played six home games so far they lost three of them one of them was a tie it felt like a loss they lost at Washington where there would have been a good contingent of Eagles fans there and even though there were some fans at Cleveland I I wouldn't be surprised if it was a packed house since it's not that far away if there was even more Eagles fans there so I guess I'm wondering, Merrill, I'm curious for your thoughts on this. How much do you think that packed crowds and noise would have helped the Eagles more this season in certain situations and maybe pull out some games that they lost? Well, I think 31 other teams can probably make that same claim. Uh, Mike did bring that up on the broadcast, especially when they came up with that fourth down stop near the goal line and they stacked them up. There is no doubt in my mind that the link would have absolutely rocked at that point. There is also no doubt in my mind that you would have heard that low, hollow boom sound when they trotted into the locker room at halftime. Yeah, oh, that when it hurt, we would have heard that a lot this season. It, it goes both ways. It, it goes does. both ways. It does. It does. All right, Merrill, the Eagles have played the Packers 44 times in their history, dating all the way back to 1933. Eagles are 17 and 27 against the Packers. Recent history, Green Bay has won five out of seven, dating back to 07. But before that, during the really prime years of the Andy Reid era, the Eagles had five wins in a row against Green Bay from 2003 to 06, including one that we're going to get to in a little bit. We'll go in reverse order today uh, for an obvious reason of the ultimate win against the Packers happened many years ago. So we'll go in reverse order. Uh, Last year, Merrill, I want to get your thoughts on last year, September 26, 2019. Uh, this was a game that the Eagles were not supposed to win. The Packers were 3-0. The Eagles were struggling. And they won at Lambeau Field 34-27. Carson, decent game, 160 yards, three touchdowns, 16-27. of 27. Um, Jordan Howard had three total touchdowns. And then the play at the end that sealed the deal. Craig James, who was in for Avante Maddox, who suffered a really unfortunate injury. Fortunately, Avante has come back and played since. Uh, Craig James came in and made a huge play, and Nigel Bradham had an interception. What do you remember about that victory just last year? I remember it was really uh, two separate games. The way that game began, uh, the Eagles looked like they had no chance. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers just absolutely picked them apart. I believe Devontae Adams was hurt early in that game, but the Packers moved the football at will, and it looked as if it was going to be a bad night. That game turned around on a long kickoff return by Miles Sanders, and from that point on, the Eagles had the momentum, and they used it, and uh, ultimately won the game by stopping Rodgers and the Packers and the Nigel Bradham interception. Uh, on, the, on that play, there was a, a hit-friendly fire, as they call it, and Avante Maddox 
went down and, and he lied there motionless for a while. It was frightening yeah. uh, before they moved him off of the field and he missed several games. But uh, uh, he was he was hit by his own man. But he ended up uh, coming back about a month later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, it was a really scary injury. Uh, but fortunately, he's, he's back playing, as you mentioned. All right, so we're going to go. That was 2019. Now let's go 15 By the year- way, the, the eagle who hit him was uh, uh, Sendejo. Andrew Sendejo, who, who you guys, they were playing Cleveland a couple of weeks ago. You, you and Mike kept back there, probably kept, hitting his own people again. Kept, kept bringing up how Sendejo was uh, doing what, we, what we're used to seeing Andrew Sendejo do. Uh, he, really, he really is a great hitter, except you can't do that to your own people. No, it's really not the concept of football. You're, you're correct about that. Um, December 5th, Merrill, 2004. Um, it, it, it may seem like a random game. I think it might have been, even been a Monday night game, if I'm correct. It was the year the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. They just absolutely dominated the Green Bay Packers at Lincoln Financial Field by a final score of 47-17. to 17. And it was over by halftime because the Eagles were up 35 to nothing at one point in the second quarter. Donovan had five touchdowns. Uh, Brian Westbrook had three touchdowns. T.O. had a touchdown. L.J. Smith had a touchdown. And it was just a dominating performance. I remember that distinctively because I was in the seats that night. Do, do you remember that, uh, that, that game very well in 2004? Well, the thing I most remember about that game is that they were able to isolate Brian Westbrook on a linebacker and throw him short passes. And the linebacker was no match for Brian Westbrook. I used to call him the Wizard of Westbrook, and he constantly kept the Packers on their heels. It was a dominating performance. Uh, just earlier that year, different season, but earlier that year, and this is what I was alluding to um, moments ago, January 11, 2004. Cold, windy night at Lincoln Financial Field. Division round, Eagles, I think they had home field throughout, so this was the second round. The Packers were in town, uh, Brett Favre. Uh, windy. The Packers took a 14 to nothing lead. It was not looking good for the Eagles, but they came back and they did so, Merrill, with one of the most memorable plays in Eagles history. Fourth and 26, Donovan to Freddie Mitchell. What do you remember about that night and that particular play? It was an amazing game and an amazing victory for that team. Uh, we will always talk about the famous fourth and 26. The yard line was exactly across from our spotting, our spot right up in the broadcast booth. And as I looked around, I will tell you to this day, I still don't think he made it. <laughs> I think the Eagles got one of the most fortuitous spots in history right there. I thought he, well, I thought he missed it by about a half a yard. Wow. And they just got the great spot. And none of us are going to complain. No. But I honestly believe to this day that he was short. But it was a, it was a play that extended that game for the Eagles, and they ended up uh, – in overtime, right. uh, I'll tell you something else about that game. Packers, right before halftime, and this has changed my thinking for years to come, they had a fourth down and goal mm. uh, inside the one-yard line, and they went for it. They went for it, and the Eagles stacked them up. And I thought to myself, you know what? If they had gone and, and kicked the, the, the field goal, they still would have had momentum. That changed that game right there. That changed that game. And then, of course, they got into overtime, and Brett Favre, as great as he was, had a propensity for throwing balls to the other team. In fact, he has more interceptions than anybody in history, and the pass was picked off. B-Doc, Brian Dawkins, 
and they got it in the field goal range, and David Akers turned out the lights. He did. He did. It was a 2017 overtime victory. Uh, Merrill, uh, this, this one may seem random, too. November- By the way, the Packers coach was Mike Sherman. That's right. It was Mike Sherman. It was not the Mike McCarthy era yet. It was Mike Sherman. You're right. You're right. Uh, this one may seem, ran- seem random. It's from the season. It's actually from the same season. Uh, no- November 10th, 2003, Monday night at Lambeau. I remember this distinctively because I fell asleep before it was over. I fell asleep. The Eagles were losing, and I woke up, and the, e- the Eagles won. 17-14, uh, to 14, Donovan throws a touchdown to Todd Pinkston. If, if I'm reading my handwriting correct, 27 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Does this, does this game stand out at all? A comeback at Lambeau for, for Don? Wasn't the weather awful that night? Uh, yes, it was, a, it was a cold, rainy night. And what I remember most, uh, another big catch was uh, made by James Thrash. Remember that name? James Thrash had a big catch in that game, and I believe that Brett Favre was playing with a broken thumb. Oh. But there was tape on his hand. Wow. No, and, and, and that, that game sticks out because I, I, I fell asleep and they were losing. And I woke up and they won. I was like, uh, and to this day, I don't think I still have seen Donovan's touchdown to Todd all these, all these years later. Uh, fast forwarding again or rewinding again even further back to 1991, Merrill, and this one sticks out for an unfortunate reason. The Eagles won September 1st, 1991. Well, I can, tell you, I can tell you all about that one. Yeah. On the first play of the second quarter, Bryce Pop hit Randall Cunningham, who was in the pocket right there, and he, he tore Randall's ACL. Wow. Uh, and that was it for Randall Cunningham's season. And as they were taking him off the field, Stan Walters uh, turned to me. Stan was my color analyst, and Stan turned to me off the air and said to me, the Eagles' season is over, as Cunningham was lost for the year. And uh, we will never forget that sinking feeling, but they did come back. And they did win that game, and they ended up just missing the playoffs with a winning record. I think they missed the playoffs with a 10-6 and six record. And here we are talking about someone from the NFC East <laughs> this year potentially making it with a losing record. It's crazy. It's insane. And that was the year of the tremendous – I mean, they had a, many years of being great. But that was the year where the Eagles' defense was just st- statistically dominant. In 1991, they were first in several categories. So, well, how about how about all three? First against the run, right. first against the pass, and first overall. And one of the great defensive coaches in history, uh, Bud Carson. Bud right. Carson belongs in the Hall of Fame. Just oh, a ab- phenomenal coach. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and the thing about it is, is I'm wondering, and I'm curious for your thoughts on this. If Randall's not hurt in that first game, do, are the Eagles a legitimate Super Bowl contending team that year? Absolutely. There's, there's no question that they are a Super Bowl contender when you figure that they went 10-6 and six without Randall. Mm-hmm. Incidentally, I was speaking with Ron Jaworski uh, last night, and uh, we do a video show, and I had Ron as a guest. And I said to Ron, Ron, I'm going to make a statement. And I'd like to hear your comments on it. To me, I look at all the great quarterbacks over the years, uh, going back Johnny Unitas and uh, Bart Starr and all these names here, John Elway, uh, Peyton Manning. You throw them out there, Tom Brady. To me, the most gifted quarterback, gifted quarterback of all time, might just be Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And Ron said, I agree. I agree. He said, but there was another one who had those great gifts, never never developed them to the degree of Patrick Mahomes. He said, but Randall Cunningham was as gifted as anybody he ever saw. 
Oh, sure. That they called him the, the ultimate weapon for a reason. Um, I, I'll, I'll go through these quickly before we get to the last one, Merrill. Uh, December 16th, 1990 at the Vet. I, I picked out this one because it was a 31 to nothing win for the Eagles over the Packers, and they had five sacks that day. Reggie and Clyde each had a sack and a half, uh, and Seth had one sack. Um, and then, I, oddly enough, maybe the site that I'm looking at is incorrect, but the Eagles went from 1980 to 86 without playing Green Bay at all, which seems peculiar considering they're in the same conference. Uh, uh, November 25th, 1979 at Lambeau, 21-10 Eagles win. Leroy Harris only had nine rushes that day, but he had 137 yards on nine rushes and an 80-yard run. Uh, Jaws, you just mentioned Ron Jaworski. He had three touchdowns, two to Harold Carmichael, one to Wilbert Montgomery. November 5th, 1978, a low-scoring 10-3 win at the Vet. Uh, three interceptions. Eagles had three interceptions against David Whitehurst that day. Bill Berkey mm-hmm. had one, Herm Edwards had one, and then Bob Howard had one. Uh, December 1st, 1974, 36-14 win over the Packers. Uh, I can't read my handwriting for some reason, but I think I wrote that was the Eagles' first win over Green Bay since the one that I'm about. So this is 1974. So it was the first time that the Eagles beat the Packers since this next one that I'm going to mention, and I would love to hear your thoughts and, and recollection of this one. December 26th, Merrill, 1960, Franklin Field, the NFL championship game, a 17-13 to 13 win. What do you remember about that day over in University City? The old Philadelphia Bulletin actually had a, a lottery, <laughs> and I, I entered the lottery and for $15, I was able to buy a ticket to the world championship between the Eagles and the Green Bay Packers. It was played, I believe, the day after Christmas. Yep. And I went, took a, a, a subway and a bus. I was a young kid at the time, and I, I sat in the back of the end zone in the lower deck. And I can still remember Tommy McDonald diving into the end zone with a touchdown reception from uh, Norm Van Brocklin. And, of course, everybody, and I remember a big kickoff return by Ted Dean, and I also remember the way that game ended with the Jim Taylor running with the football, Chuck Benderick tackling him and sitting on him <laughs> to the time ran out, and he turned to him and said, the game is over, now you can get up. And he probably had some other more colorful words <laughs> sprinkled among them. Oh, I'm sure. It's, it's obviously uh, one of the greatest moments in Eagles history, uh, probably top two when you, when you discuss it and break it down and everything like that. A great that, was the only, that was the only playoff game that Vince Lombardi ever lost. Right. The other thing to remember about that game was there really were no playoffs. There, right. were, there were two divisions, the East, it was the NFL, you had the East, and then you had the West. So the team with the best record in the East met the team with the best record in the West, and the Eagles became world champions. And, and my great idol at the time, and who, who I got to know and became a lifelong friend, Bill Campbell broadcast that game. And I would watch the field and look up at the broadcast booth and see Bill Campbell. He was a marvelous broadcaster and a great, great person. And his call of that final play with Ben Narek and Taylor is legendary. Legendary. Classic. Definitely a classic. Uh, Merrill, thank you for sharing that memory. I appreciate it. Thank you for the time. Uh, We'll talk more about Eagles Packers tomorrow morning. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. Thank you. You too, Dave. Voice of the Eagles, Merrill Reese. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.